Bonjour, I'm Marlène, a travel lover. Welcome to Hip Abroad, where I will share more of a decade of travel experiences and inspire people with full-time jobs to travel more than they think they can. It's Travel Tuesday. Welcome back to the pod. So today we are going to talk about how to achieve a life of freedom by traveling the world and making money at the same time. For this occasion, we are joined by my friend Han. Uh, Malambo, that I met through um, a community of creators that is there to me. She's going to talk us through the uh, journey of a solo female traveler uh, who's traveling the world and making money on the road. So Anne, please introduce yourself. Hey everyone, my name is Anne Malambo. I am a solo female traveler, online entrepreneur, writer and podcaster. I have been solo traveling now for almost five years. But in the early days, my solo travels started when I was actually working a full-time job. I was still in full-time employment, working for a company. I was working for an IK company in their marketing department. So I actually managed to balance working full-time and traveling. And thankfully, in the United Kingdom, we get generous paid leave. So I was able to do that. And then the pandemic happened. And that's when everything for me turned around. And I think for a lot of people turn around and where my journey as a person and as a traveler took a really big turn. Okay. And uh, so what really inspired you to make these changes to the pandemic? It wasn't just the pandemic. I think it, it was many, many things that led up to that time. And even my solo travel journey and, and how it started, it was just little things that came together. I discovered the solo female traveling community online. I discovered um, solo female travelers like um, Adventurous Kate, uh, The Blonde Broad, My Life is a Travel Movie, like really big solo female travelers OGs that started you know, blogging during the early days. And then I also, through my first job, I met um, who's now become a dear friend, the curious Jessie. She's a travel content creator as well. And I was really inspired by her travels. So it was a, a mixture of meeting her and finding this online community of solo female travelers and going, oh, what's this? What's this solo female travel thing? Because I think for me and for many people, you think travel, you think traveling with friends, traveling with family. And I, I think that's what I always just assumed. I travel with family. If I found a partner, I travel with a partner. And the partner thing definitely ne never came. <laughs> still, <laughs> still hasn't come. But I didn't want to miss out on the travel part. Right. Yeah, you should, you should definitely don't miss out to wait for a partner. I definitely, I agree with that. <laughs> so um, by reading your website, I see that your philosophy centers around mastering flow. So finding what lights you up, leading with your art, owning your journey, walking towards a life of freedom. So how did yeah. you discover this principle and uh, how have they transformed your life? Again, I, I think it's just um, different things that have happened to me over the, the years, life experiences. Um, I think we all have those moments where we just question, you know, what is my purpose? Am I happy in this moment? Is this making me feel full? What does this mean for me if I continue on this path? And is this the path that I want to continue on? And actually, mm -hmm. just before the pandemic, I was um, in a, you know, my, my full-time job that I had at the time. 
and everything had actually been going okay. Um, I'd been at this company for almost two years. I genuinely really enjoyed my job. Like I wasn't one of these people that was like, I'm going to quit my job because I hate it and I hate the nine to five. But that wasn't me at all. I, I was very fulfilled in my role um, until I wasn't. And then I started questioning things. And so I decided that I would take a short sabbatical from work. And I asked my work if I could take um, half of my holiday pay and then 15 days unpaid leave. And in January mm-hmm. of 2020, I booked a ticket to Thailand. And I spent a month traveling around um, Thailand and Cambodia. And that's kind of like the, the first part of my philosophy of flow, the finding what lights you up. Because it was in that time that I got to spend time by myself that I began to, I wouldn't even say find what lights me up, rediscover what used to light me up, but I forgot because I got so deep into work. And that's just kind of what happens, right? You go through uni, studying, academics, and then you're so focused. And the first thing you're thinking about is getting to work. And sometimes your own actual passions um, take, you know, the back door. Mm. And then also in, in travel, that's where I also discovered the, the leading with your heart. Because I think travel just exposes you to so many different experiences. It takes you out of your comfort zone. And so you kind of have to lead with your heart a little bit and, and less with your head. And then the owning your, your journey. I discover, um, sorry, I decided that after I came back from Thailand and Cambodia, I would write this book for um, solo female travellers. And I think when you actually put your own journey into words, you're able to inspire others. And in my book, I don't just write from my perspective. I, I didn't just write travel tips. I also got other solo female travellers to, to contribute to that. And then the working towards life freedom. Well, that looks different, I think, for everyone. But for me, that working towards life freedom was booking a one-way ticket in January of this year and deciding that I was going to do something that was a little bit more unconventional. That's not that typical nine-to-five group. Okay. And talking about your book, Passport Ready, uh, Mm -hmm. The Intimate uh, Guide to Solo Female Travelling, what is the main key advice, what's the essential advice that you have for women who are aspiring to travel solo and embrace digital nomad lifestyle? Um, be brave enough to see what's on the other side of fear. Because I think for most women, it's a fear. It's a fear of uh, being alone, um, whether it be for our safety, um, whether it be because maybe you don't know who you are and you fear being alone with your thoughts. Um, but I actually think that spending time alone is actually a great time for you to grow. It's a great time for you to reflect. It's a great time for you to journal, to meditate, and to actually find who you are um, or what you could be away from the daily noise, away from the daily grind and, and the distractions and the, and the demand that you have on you as a person, that you have on you as a woman. And thank goodness. Um, at least for those of us that, uh, you know, come from um, you know, countries where women do have that freedom, that we can make that choice and that decision. And I don't necessarily think that, you know, uh, the journey is not going to look the same for everyone. Maybe for some people, you just take a short sabbatical 
Mm-hmm. Maybe for other people, it's something a little bit longer. Maybe for other people, it's something a little bit more um, permanent. But mm-hmm. I would just sum it up by saying that, um, ladies, be brave enough to see what's on the other side of fear, because I promise you there's some pretty nice things. <laughs> it's not all gloom and doom. <laughs> don't get don't get bogged down by that one horrible story that you heard that time. Because the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, as women, regardless of where you are in the world, we have, you know, you're, you're trying to navigate a lot. You know, I could be, um, sorry, I know that uh, there are things that happen even when I'm in London. So it's not, yeah. I think, I think the, um, the fear of, oh, something might happen to me. Unfortunately, that's just something that we deal with um, throughout the world as women from east to west. So as long as you're using your common sense, you know, you're not um, doing anything that would put you in danger, then for the most part, you are going to be fine. I agree with that. I travel solo as well, and some places they said to me not to go. I'm like, <laughs> I'm more likely to get my phone stolen in London than in the middle of Manila. So, <laughs> exactly. so it doesn't make sense to have all these fears. But I do understand also where all this is coming from. So, yeah. where did you? Where have you traveled this year as a dom- as a nomad? And where are you based now? And where are you planning planning to go in the future? So at the beginning of the year, I started my journey in Lisbon, Portugal. I was there for three months and I actually thought that I was going to get residency. I thought that I was actually going to hunker down somewhere for for a little bit. Um, Unfortunately, the situation in Lisbon is that it is now too popular. So the rental situation is a little bit out of control. And that's what stopped me from going for the visa because, you know, you need to make sure that you have a, a, a rental lease. And it's just very, very difficult um, to get that right now. So I just decided, you know what, um, being in Portugal long term right now, uh, maybe not a good idea. And in any case, got a whole world to see. Um, I don't really need to be stuck in one place. So after three months in uh, Portugal, I then went to Tbilisi, Georgia. And I'd heard Digital Nomads talking about Tbilisi, Georgia. and But I, I knew nothing about... Um, Georgia, and this is Georgia the country, by the way, not Georgia the state, those listening. Uh, Georgia the country next to Russia. Um, I really knew nothing about it at all. Um, but so many people had sung its praise, and I went to see it for myself, and I can see why. Tbilisi is a really cool city. It mixes modern with historic um, highlights, and it's, it's definitely kept hold of its you know, strong. I, I didn't know how I'd feel um, there because it's not a country that I know a lot of black travelers to go to, but I generally um, felt that I was treated very well and, and welcomed. And then after um, Tbilisi, Georgia, uh, I then went to Turkey. I spent uh, two months in Turkey, um, mostly in Istanbul. Um, I was meant to spend another month in Turkey exploring, uh, but I decided that I'd leave a little bit early. And then I spent a month in uh, Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia. And that's actually the first time I've been to Malaysia. And I really enjoyed it there. I love Kuala Lumpur. I think it was perfect for me because uh, Kuala Lumpur, there's not really a whole lot to do there in in terms of tourism, Mm -hmm. but it's incredibly affordable. So I was able to just hunker down and focus. And I think if you are um, a nomad and if you're as lucky as uh, we are, if you have a, a bridge passport, uh, or any passport that falls under the visa on arrival, you can actually s- stay there for three months um, on, on visa on arrival. And then after that, I flew to Bali, and uh, Bali, Indonesia. And that's where I am at the moment. 
And I do plan on actually making a Bali a, a permanent base for the next couple of years. And I will be looking to incorporate business here and, and all of that stuff. Yeah. And I have a quick question about Bali. You said that Portugal is very overcrowded and busy and hard to get place. But I, I heard the same about Bali. When I was in Bali, it was super busy. <laughs> but I understand why people like it. Like there's just something yeah. there that is like a magnet. It's like a vortex. So you didn't find it, you don't find it challenging so far to be based in Bali? I mean, I think it depends on where you are. Um, Shangu, yes, very busy. But Ubud is a little bit more laid back. Uh, Uluwatu, a little bit more laid back. It depends on where you are. And for me personally, I'm actually not too bothered by busy. Um, I like, I know where to find my peace in the busy. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it doesn't really bother me um, too much. And uh, being in somewhere busy also does have its benefits because you have all of the Western comforts. That's why mm -hmm. it's busy. That's why everybody's there. Um, but I think there's there's still enough uh, beauty of, of Bali that, you can uh you can bear the busy because everything else is just so magnificent i do agree with that so um when you started your journey as a digital nomad i assume you faced some challenge um how did you what were they and how did you overcome them yeah so i think the biggest challenge is just getting used to not having your friends and your family around you to lean on as much And of course, yes, you know, I have weekly calls with my friends and family and we text, but it's just not the same feeling because before, if I was feeling down or if I was not feeling very well, my mother's just down the road. I was literally renting a place just down the road from where my <laughs> mum lives. So um, I can just walk 10 minutes and, and go and bother her and ask her to make me soup. But here, or if you're, you know, you're abroad, that, that closeness just isn't there. So that's been quite challenging. Um, and also just um, lack of familiarity um, of the place that you're in and on, on both sides. You lack familiarity with the place you're in and they lack familiar familiarity with you. So, you know, I uh, live in a very small village and I've lived there for over a decade. So every, everybody knows me and I know them. I know the butcher. Um, I know the lady that runs the organic store. I know the lady that, you know, she's in, is in the library. And that that feeling of community Um, not having that, that's also been um, quite difficult. But um, I think it's just something that you recognize that you have to sacrifice if you want this travel life. And I know that it's not necessarily a permanent position. Um, I'm looking forward to enjoying my travels for the next four or five years. And I, and I will continue to travel, I think, for the next four or five years using Bali as a base. Um, and then there will be a time where I think I will be a lot more fixed in one place. And um, that place will likely be somewhere on mainland Europe that I can have easy access to the UK and go home um, in less than a two hour flight if I need to. Good. Sounds like a good plan. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so, but when you become a digital nomad, it involves like losing a bit of financial security of a traditional job. Um, mm. How can someone prepare financially and mentally? Because this is like a significant shift in their life. Yeah. So in terms of preparing financially, I do advise that um, you do try and have at least three to six months worth of savings. I mean, you, you would try to do that anyway, even if you weren't a digital nomad. But just to have that to fall back on, um, especially when you're working for yourself, there are no sick days. There are no holiday days. 
Um, so you do need that um, backup. Um, if you can, um, tr just make sure that uh, when you leave, you already have something solid. Some people, and you hear this a lot in the digital nomad space, I booked a one-way ticket and all I had was $200 in my pocket, but I still made it. And you know what? Great for you if you did. <laughs> but I would never advise anyone to do that. I think yeah. have savings, um, again, to the equivalent of at least three to six months worth of savings. And if you can, enough money to replace your equipment because you live and you die by your equipment. Mm. Um, make sure also to get um, insurance so that you can have, you know, that insurance to help you replace anything if, if it's covered by that. Um, and one of the things that I'm trying to do is create um, as much passive income as I can, different avenues of passive income, um, because that basically makes up for the days where you, where you can't work. You know that you're still getting um, some income in. And you do really have to be, I think, a lot more entrepreneurial minded. Unless, of course, you know, whatever you're doing as a digital nomad earns you, you know, a lot of money and then you, you know, can kind of take a little bit of a rest back. Um, but if you're just somebody who's earning an average wage and you're very much in the beginning, you know, phases of being a digital nomad, um, you need that safety net and you need to be thinking about how can I create um, forms of passive income for those rainy days. Okay, and um, in your experience, what role does a uh, community, community and support play in the digital nomad life? So, um, how come, how can aspiring um, digital nomad find and build a supportive community? I think it plays a huge role. I think that you are going to struggle a lot if you don't have community. And, but the great thing is that being in the age that we are in, it is very easy to find community. So, for example, like you and me, you're, you're part of the Lost Creator Academy, right? Yes. Yeah. So um, having that community, I think that's actually probably one of the most valuable um, things about the Lost Creator Academy, having that community online, having people that you can reach out to. But there's other online communities. There's communities specifically for solo female travelers. Um, Host to Sister is a really good one. You can post what city you're in. Um, you can ask people... Um, you know, whether or not they have a spare bed or if you just want to hang out. And there's various different um, digital nomad groups. Even here in Bali, there's Shangu Girls, which is a really big group. I'm definitely going to check them out next month. Um, and also uh, trying to see what in-person communities um, there are. Usually if you go on like Meetup, um, you'll find um, events that run for nomads like when i was in lisbon there's actually a huge group i think it's called lisbon nomads that has like 12,000 members in it or something so the the community is there you just need to look for it and and reach out and um so your book must be um passport ready must be filled with exciting stories yeah. can you share one empowering story from you that could one inspiring story from the book that could inspire other women to embrace solo travel and this nomadic lifestyle? Yeah, I would say the opening story. Um, Eva Zubak, who's a huge solo um, oh, yeah. female traveler content creator, she wrote the foreword. Mm. And she talks about um, her, her marriage. She was married really young. Um, and soon after, she realized that it just wasn't for her. She went through a lot of depression um, and then eventually divorced. 
and then she found her her strength and her her purpose in in travel and she's now one of the biggest solo female travel influences she is incredible and so it just shows that you know if uh, if you are, are brave enough to make a de- to decision and realize that maybe this isn't for you and this wasn't the path that you were meant to take then it can really lead to great things in talking about purpose sometimes people actually struggle to find their purpose in life yeah do you have any practical tips or some type of exercise that people can do um for them to try to discover actually their true calling and passion If I am brutally honest, I don't because I don't know if there's even a formula. Mm. Even for me, it it all just kind of happened by accident. You know, I was raised in a uh, pretty traditional Christian home, and I always just assumed that I'd get to maybe 20 something. I'm um, a boy in the church would propose to me, a couple of them did, and I'd say yes and we'd get married and we'd do the whole thing, and that just didn't happen. <laughs> So it's been been such a a journey for me to go from that girl to this woman. And it's just been a series of really good accidents. Um, But I think what can help is just putting yourself out there, trying different things, um, take up different hobbies, join clubs, read books, listen to podcasts, travel, of course. I think just give yourself life experiences and do things that will light you up and you don't know what part of your brain will light, will light up within that and say, oh, maybe maybe this is something I can explore a little bit more. And then maybe you explore it and maybe you find, wow, that, that is my thing. Or maybe you don't and you pull back and you try something else. Yeah, I agree with that. Is um, I think to in order to find your purpose, you have to keep an open mind. Yeah. And... Um, be curious over the thing or the culture, talk to people. I don't say be an, an extrovert because not everyone can be that. You can be an introvert yeah. and read things and watch things and observe, yeah. be observant. And you'll be yeah. like, oh, I like this. And this is uh, what I would like to do. This is what I like to bring to the world. And it just comes naturally. It's all about like really knowing yourself. And this is, um, ah, I find my purpose. Like It's about knowing myself what I like to do and what I want to share with the world. And uh, becoming selfless actually is like, I think what helped me to find my purpose. uh, And and I would also say to people, especially people that are um, maybe a little bit older, you can always restart. You know, my mother is, she's in her mid fifties. She's doing a master's. So, you know, there's always time to restart. There's always time to uh, rediscover yourself and, and try new things. I agree. So, um, what's your vision um, for the future of female digital nomads? Um, do you see that the, land- the landscape changing? Is there any opportunities that you think that will keep on increasing to help women to pursuing th- that path? I absolutely do think, and I think that anybody that actually doesn't recognize the opportunity. Uh, maybe doesn't have their eyes open. This is the first um, generation that is um, delaying and even uh, deciding to not um, get married or have children at all. And so if you have all those women who are um, delaying or foregoing um, that that family life entirely, then you have a whole um, group of women who have 
huge amounts of disposable time and huge amounts of disposable income. And I do think that those those women um, are often ignored um, by marketing departments, um, by companies, because people do still have that, you know, idea of, you know, marriage, children, husband, house. But somebody needs to cater to those women. Um, and even the ones who do then go on to, to have marriage, children, husband, house, uh, maybe they do still want to travel. Maybe they want to travel as, as, as families. You know, so I, I think that there are so many incredible opportunities for, for people that just speak to women and their needs where we are now in this time. I think that is what is lacking. Um, but I was, I was reading a blog post from uh, Peter Levels. He's a really well-known uh, personality in the digital nomad space. He's the founder of Nomad List. And he said it was like in uh, by the year 2050 or something, there'd be almost like a billion digital nomads. So even just beyond women, like all of those people need to be serviced. They need, they need to be um, helped, visas, moving around, setting up companies, all of these things that go into the digital nomad life that often don't get talked about because people just want to focus on the surface level, sipping on coconuts by the beach. <laughs> There's all those behind the scene things that people need help with. And actually living this experience and tackling all those hurdles, is, I think it's definitely equipping me to maybe one day create something that can be of great service. Oh, so yeah, that, that, that could be, uh, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so I think that's it with my question, but uh, tell us where people can find you, what you have planned next and how can people can get in touch with you. And I'll add it on the show notes, of course. Fantastic. So you can follow me on um, Instagram. I actually have uh, two accounts. Um, at and the nomad or at amalambo and the nomad is my more travel stuff and also um, helping you to become a digital nomad whereas at and malambo is like more uh, personal female empowerment stuff and then also on youtube um and the nomad also and then you can um, go to my website levelupwithan.com and all of my resources are there Okay. And um, I always like to end the podcast with an inspirational quote. So um, do you want to share a quote that uh, has inspired you and could inspire the audience to travel more than they think they can? Um, oh, or, no, it doesn't need to be about travel. It can also be about <laughs> life. <laughs> uh, about life. Well, I don't know what what can I say? Uh, book that ticket, <laughs> just oh. just that ticket. Because you know what, you book that ticket because you can always go back. If it doesn't it's work true. out, you can always go back. That's what I'd okay. say to you. I agree. Well, thanks very much for coming to the podcast. That was thanks a for really having me. insightful conversation. Uh, if you have any question, please email me or Anne. And um, thanks for listening and leave Inspire. <laughs>